It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, late-released one. Sorry about the uh, late release of that, the way that the game worked out and I had to get to work and all that good stuff. Uh, just the recording of the podcast kept getting pushed back with that rain delay. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that game because... It was a roller coaster of uh, fan emotions, of just watching the game in general. We're going to get to all that here in just a minute, and then also preview tonight's matchup with the Cubs as well, as we got Tyler Malley on the hill getting ready to pitch. And, but before we get to all that, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, uh, get your Locked On Reds line stuff in. I'm going to get to a couple of those today, probably, here later on in the show. And and before I, I begin talking about yesterday's game, I have to issue a retraction because I'm an idiot. I said that Mike Moustakis had COVID uh, back in April. That That's false. I got, for some reason, I got Moustakis mixed up with Derek Dietrich. If I could explain it, I would. The only way that I can explain it is I'm a goofball. So uh, sorry about that. We'll make sure that we clean up information moving forward. That's just me, though. Sometimes I'm a little uh, scatterbrained. Anyway, let's talk about this game because I was already I, – I had my tone set on this game for like six innings. It was going to be like, oh, my gosh, what a terrible game. I, did, I, I was bored. It was boring. If I were a casual Reds fan, probably would have turned it off. Things like that. There were some great debuts. We're going to get to that in the three stars of the game. But all in all, that game, for most of the game, you were just sitting there hating life. It was an existential crisis, right? Most Reds fans were looking at the game like, oh my gosh, are we ever going to be good? We signed all these new guys, they come in, they do nothing, the Reds are terrible, they're 1-3, and three. what the heck is going on? And then the seventh inning came, and then they started to score. And you're like, okay, well, it's, they're not going to get shut out, that's nice. And then they score a little bit more, and then some more. And then the ninth inning comes, and Craig Kimbrell comes out of the bullpen, and the Reds are down by three, and you're thinking, oh, it's Kimbrell. Sure, he had a rough year last year. There's no way that Craig Kimbrell is going to be as bad this year. Or is he? He couldn't throw a strike. I mean, he threw strikes, but he couldn't get guys out. Reds hitters were just watching the ball come up. Whatever the pitch was, they knew it. I mean, talk about Tyler Stevenson. I'm going to talk about Tyler Stevenson more here in just a minute. But, man, what a big league at bat. And, obviously, that's not the most exciting thing that he did last night, obviously. 
But that walk that he drew, that was professional, man. He looked like a veteran up at the plate. He was standing in there cool as a cucumber in the batter's box, and Craig Kimbrell wanted to be anywhere else but on that mound at that moment. And that was hilarious to see a rookie in his first game ever. And obviously, Kimbrell was intimidated by all the guys on base, the fact that it really seemed like the momentum was starting to lean toward the Reds. But even still, most pitchers would be like, man, we got this rook up at the plate. Let's just throw some strikes and get him out. He was not having it, not having it at all. And then Phil Irvin swings at ball four. And then Joey hits a rope right at center field. And that's the game. And the Reds lose by one. I get it. There's frustration to be had there because that's now three in a row. And in this game of 60 game or this season of 60 games where every game is technically 2.7 games and now the Reds are actually like uh, 2.7 and 8.1, that, that's a little bit unnerving. I have a good feeling about this team still. I'm not going to sit here and say that they are missing the playoffs. I don't think that's happening at all. They're going to turn it around. I think they almost did last night. Last night was one of those games that I think kind of gets them going, gets them back on track with their talent. I think Suarez is going to get off of the schneid that he's currently on. He's going to get a hit tonight, Uh, maybe a home run. I'm not predicting a home run, but I'm thinking he's definitely getting a hit, maybe two. I think Castellanos breaks out tonight. I think the Reds are coming back and getting their win tonight against the Cubs, which we'll talk about here in a little bit as Tyler Malley takes the mound. But overall, that was such a weird game because you break it down and it starts with the debut of Wade Miley, one of the big free agent acquisitions that the Reds had in the offseason. And you're like, let's see what they got. And I'm sitting here advocating for him saying that, man, his 2019 was not that bad outside of the month of September. He was pretty good. And then that debut, what in the hell was that? Excuse my French. Every single pitch was the same pitch. I don't know how many of you watched that closely, but it felt like every pitch was deja vu. It was either a curveball that was too low outside the zone, or it was a cutter that spun into the strike zone and got clobbered by insert cub batter here. It did not matter who it was. If they swung the bat at that cutter that was in the zone, it was a hit. At least one base, mostly two bases, and if he wasn't giving up hits, he was hitting batters, he was walking batters. It was an all-in-all absolutely terrible performance. And then TJ Antone comes in, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in just a minute in our three stars of the night. I don't really have a pivotal play just because this game was so crazy, but we'll talk about a, a awesome play. We'll call it that. It's an awesome play in here just a moment. But when you, when you watch a game like this, and I, I was seeing different people react super negatively on Twitter, obviously, three-game losing streak. It's a good thing to just kind of relax because, remember, we're talking about baseball. We're talking about our favorite sport. Let's just relax. And one of the best ways to help you relax, especially if you need it, is CBD MD. 
It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're a fan that is wallowing in his sorrows and his recliner with his pretzels and his lime seltzer. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. They've got CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. They've also got CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support that you need when it matters most. And to make it even easier for you to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're giving my listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. So go over to CBDMD.com right now and in the promo code area at checkout, type in L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B. You'll get 25% off your next purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. The Reds' three stars. Number one, Tyler Stevenson goes two for two in his Major League debut with a walk, and he hits a home run in his first plate appearance. First guy, first Red since Ted Tepe in 1950. Number two, TJ Antone was absolutely electric in four and a third, allowing just a solo homer to Anthony Rizzo and striking out five. Number three, Joey Votto, two for five with a couple of RBIs in the seventh inning. He also had a walk, raises his batting average to 389. And I, and I know, I, I kind of tweeted a lot about this, so I'm not going to go crazy on a rant here. But if you're blaming Joey Votto for that game, or if you're a Votto hater that's just like, ah, Sam Elvato doesn't come up in the clutch in the ninth. Come on. Why does he make all that money? Then you're the problem. Because that was a beautiful line drive, just so happened that the Cubs center fielder caught it, according to StatCast that had an expected batting average of 470, i.e. 47% of the time that's a hit. So the Cubs got lucky in catching that one because they almost lost the game for sure. Joey Votto is one of the only hitters in this lineup that's really keeping it going. And I was hoping that since I kind of posted this a little bit late today, that by the time I posted, they'd have the lineup up. The lineup is not up. Hoping that Tyler Stevenson gets his first career start today. Kirk Casale, has been playing like a madman here lately. And it'd be nice to see him get a day off and Tyler Stevenson get some more playing time because good Lord, that was a great debut. First red rookie, like I mentioned, Homer in his first plate appearance since Ted to in 1950. And everyone will remember Ted to because he had a total of eight at bats as a red. Yeah, baseball's a funny game. He gets eight career at-bats as a red, and his very first one ever was a home run. He never hit a home run in the other eight at-bats. Obviously, not a whole lot going on there for Ted Tepay as a red. He would play with the Cubs a little bit later on in 1955, and he got 50 at-bats with them in 23 games. But that's really it. So we're not. it's not as if we're saying that Tyler Stevenson's going to end up that way because, man, that dude looked talented. Gets a single in his second at-bat and has a perfect night Overall, awesome, awesome debut and hoping to see more from him. And TJ Antone, if people turn the game off, and I said this on Twitter, if people turn the game off directly after Wade Miley gave up the sixth run and the Cubs were just cruising, it looked like, 
then they miss TJ Antone. That dude has an electric 96-97 mile an hour fastball with some movement, and he's got a sharp breaker that's somewhere between 79 and 84. I saw some different numbers on there, and you know we talked about how the Hawkeye camera system is still being calibrated. Maybe that's a little bit off, but all in all, he looked phenomenal. Cubs hitters were befuddled with Antone at the plate, all except that one long home run off uh, Anthony Rizzo. And you know what? Speaking of pitchers and giving up runs, a honorable mention, kind of a fourth star of the night, to Lucas Sims, the only Reds pitcher to come into the game and not give up a run last night. He pitched a perfect inning with one strikeout. Nice to see him continuing to pitch well. Uh, former guest on the Locked On Reds podcast. All right, let's talk about tonight. Tyler Malley on the mound because Anthony DiScofani hurt his Terrace Major. And we've got Alec Mills on the mound for the Cubs. If if I don't hear that, I, I we need to hear that at least once from the announcing team tonight. Alec Mills. I think that's how you should say his name. In 2019, Mills pitched in nine games. He had a 2.75 ERA and 36 innings pitched with 42 strikeouts. And if you keep track of whip, walks plus hits per innings pitched, his was 1.17. Pretty nice numbers and a small sample size for him. Tyler Malley, on the other hand, in 25 games pitched last year, he had a 5.14 ERA, 129.2 innings, 129 strikeouts, and a whip of 1.31. Very talented dude. Going to look forward to watching him pitch. Hopefully much, much better than what Wade Miley did. That was kind of a uh, wake-up call for us Reds fans. We had an amazing weekend of starting pitching and it all two of those three outings got squandered, and then we see a starting pitching performance that was absolutely abysmal. Real quick, let's take some Locked On Reds line questions. Jared in Cincinnati asks, who do you think the Reds' closer will be by the end of the season? I was thinking about this even in summer camp because I know that Rysel Iglesias needs to be on a short leash. And it's weird because uh, Mo Egger was breaking this down on his show the other day, friend of the show, Mo Egger. Uh, he was saying that, you know, Rysel Iglesias pitched really well in save situations last year and pitched really terribly in non-save situations. That continued as he came into the tie game the other day and proceeded to give up runs. So you've, you've got to wonder what kind of leash he's on. David Bell made it seem as if they're not worried about him at all. I have been thinking all through summer camp, and it's kind of uh, unfortunate that he has started out so roughly as well, that Michael Lorenzen will be this team's closer by the end of the season. So I could definitely see that being the case, especially as he figures out this this more lively fastball that he has. In, in his first couple of outings, we mentioned that it looked like it was pretty erratic, that he didn't have a ton of control over it. I fully expect him to get control over his fastball here in short order. I could see Lorenzen. I could also see Amir Garrett. I would love to see Amir Garrett be the Reds' closer and be the man in those save situations. But at the same token, here's the other thing. Safe situations are kind of a bunk stat, in my opinion. I just I think that they're goofy. I don't want teams to worry about who they're putting in in the ninth inning whenever they the score is close. I want them to look at pivotal situations within the game and say who is our best guy to go out there and get an out. And they tried that with Rice Iglesias last year, and he verbally said that he did not want to do that. He verbally said that that's not where he's best at. Okay, fine. We'll find somebody else. 
We'll get Michael Lorenzo in there. We'll get Amir Garrett in there. We'll get Pedro Strope in there. Get some of those guys in there. And kind of to address the other thing the other day, whenever Robert Stevenson came in and gave up some home runs, he's not the first guy I want to see out of the bullpen in a high-leverage situation. I just don't want that to happen. I want, I want him to work his way into that, but he's not there right now. So let's see the bullpen continue to develop for some guys, but let's lean on our horses uh, like Lorenzen and Garrett and Strope. And hopefully Rysel Iglesias can uh, work it out, can bring it around. Chad from Lancaster, Pennsylvania says, maybe the Reds should get 10 starters and one pitches the first half of the game and the other pitches the second half of the game and then just get rid of the relievers. That's not a bad idea, honestly. I mean, if you think about the way the teams build their bullpens, there's there's plenty of relief pitchers on the squad, even in a 26-man roster, because that's what the normal rosters are going to be moving forward. I almost said 25-man, 26-man roster. And so you'll have five starters and eight relievers. What if you had 10 starters and then three like super relievers who, if things really are dire or you've got both of your starter, you know, your two starters of the game are both just dead tired, you bring in your main guys like, I don't know, say, so the Reds could kind of build it this way. They'd have to call up a couple of guys, but they could have their five main starters be the guys that they've already got in Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley and Anthony DiSclefani, and then their second half could be Tyler Malley, Lucas Sims, maybe throw TJ Antone in there because he looked pretty good in extended uh, performance yesterday in four and a third innings, and then you maybe call up Tony Santion, maybe call up Vladimir Gutierrez. This is just a thought. Like Some of those guys probably aren't ready to go right now, but I could see that happening, and I think I'd almost be for that. I, I I look at it this way. I hate the whole pitcher wins, pitcher losses thing, and this would kind of just spit in the face of that whole statistic because then you're not worried about how long your first starter goes because you've got this second starter who's going to be ready to go and pitch a long time as well, and then it's just about the team win because that's all that matters. If the Reds win, we win. We're all happy. Let's, let's go home happy. I, I like that. And one more I got from Josh in Tennessee. He said, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Bell has no business being a manager. Please don't say it's only been three games. Going back to the beginning of his term as manager, he is not cut out for this job. Overmanaging does not equate to being a good manager. Josh, I appreciate the thought. And I'll I'll say this. I, I've been a little bit displeased with some of his decision-making over the first three games, i.e. Shogo Akiyama and the fact that he had a total of eight at-bats before yesterday's game. And supposedly, according to Bobby Nightingale on Twitter, David Bell gave Shogo the day off, at least from the starting lineup, on Monday. That makes no damn sense. The guy's barely played. We've all barely played. All the Reds have barely played. Like, why on earth is anyone getting a day off on day four of the season? Shogo needs to be in there. And somebody tweeted, I, I forget exactly who it was, they found his splits from Japan. And they're not very different. Like, against left-handed pitchers, he still hits like 290. 
So get him in there. I, 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 Christian Cologne should not be starting over Shogo Akiyama. Christian Cologne is a nice dude to have on the bench if you need a defensive replacement or if you need a bat late in the game. He is not a dude that is going to help this team get to the postseason by starting many, many games and by batting sixth. That just unnerved me to no end when I saw that lineup. And that's why I've kind of been trying to wait for the lineup and, and get it in this podcast before uh, posting it. I have not seen it yet, but hopefully he's in today's lineup because, oh my gosh, he got in there in the ninth inning. He drew a walk, a very awesome walk that helped continue the rally for the Reds. He is a great hitter. And all we've heard about is his talent. He's got talent. He's fundamentally sound. He's one of the best players on this team. Why isn't he in every game? Why is this so dependent on the righty-lefty matchup that we will forego any talk about talent, any talk about former production, because Christian Colon is not necessarily a good major league hitter against right-handed pitchers. There is no data to back that up. And somebody said that his splits in triple a against right-handed pitch or against left-handed pitchers was uh encouraging uh, okay major league wise he's never been a guy that you're like oh he is a matchup killer he will just destroy lefties that is not the case he has five extra base hits against left-handed pitchers in his career whoop dee do get me shogo akiyama and stop it with this overmanaging nonsense now to the point that I that Josh believes that he shouldn't be a manager, I still don't have that feeling as of yet. I just really wish that he wouldn't go crazy with these matchups like this. Now, it's probably a front office directive. The Reds really want to take advantage of righty-lefty matchups, but they need to take that into consideration with the talent of the player. There is no universe of existence where Christian Colon is better than Shogo Akiyama. Just ain't happening. Get Shogo in the lineup and stop with this nonsense. And that's my rant for the day. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Hoping to have the lineup up, but uh, yeah, we'll just share it on Twitter whenever it comes up here for the Tuesday edition of the Cubs and Reds. Tyler Malley against Alec Mides tonight at 640, weather permitting. As last night, uh, the weather didn't permit uh, for an hour and 40 minutes. So we'll see what happens here on Tuesday night. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks for listening and downloading to the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Card. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. We'll talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.